Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I am your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 4, Episode 195-196 to of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again today. Very busy day yesterday with my son having his appointments at the hospital and various things like that. Uh, so didn't get a chance to record yesterday, but um, we have got um, um, a plan here to discuss Ezra chapter 3 and Ezra chapter 6, talking about how temples can bring us joy. Uh, so we'll see if we cover that over one episode rather than what I'm probably going to do in two uh, today. So um, the the big kind of um, events that take place in Ezra and Nehemiah and Ezra and Nehemiah are two interesting books. In some uh, versions of the Bible, Ezra and Nehemiah are actually kind of one book or rather two books of Ezra. Um, they're both very linked uh, in terms of what their theme is about. And it is this idea of the, the people of Judah returning back, or some of them returning back, uh, to rebuild the temple and the walls of, the, of Jerusalem and just to have a, a moment where they're able to start to rebuild this uh, tradition, this civilization. And what's interesting, first of all, before we get into the verses that the Come Follow Me suggests, is that we we read from um, the around forty two thousand um, Jews went back uh, with Zerubbabel uh, to to build this temple. Ezra was one of the scribes, which we'll find out later in this uh, account as well. But what's interesting is that there was far more a, a large number that didn't go back to rebuild the temple. And I suppose the first question for us that we can learn from this experience or accounts is are we going to be one of the people who sees the value and the importance of the temple do we make sure that we are counted in the number that return to the temple on a regular basis and make an appointment uh, to meet there are we prepared and worthy to enter that temple and if not then what can we do now to make sure that we are that is you know some key questions to help us consider how the temple needs to be more in the forefront of our lives. Um, the temple is such a sacred and holy place, uh, and the revelation we can receive there are is magnificent. Uh, and if we do not have it regularly in our lives, then that is something we need to look at and make changes in our lives. If if that is the case, that we don't go regularly for whatever reasons those are. Those are, of course, between us and the Lord. And, um, and I guess one invitation, the first invitation would be to consider where we are with our temple worship and pray about um, how we can improve that and what we need to do to improve that so that we can have it uh, as a regular source of our daily, well, not daily, but a regular source of our regular worship. Um, of course, you know, it depends where how far you are from a temple. But of course, we know that, um, you know, the church is building more and more temples across the earth. Um, the earth is becoming dotted with these sacred holy places. Um, and it is becoming more and more possible for people to go and visit a temple uh, on a more regular basis because uh, of the, the number. Where we are uh, in, in Manchester in the UK is um, we're very fortunate, actually. We have a temple that's about a 35 minute drive away uh, in Preston, uh, which is, you know, fantastic for us. And um, it's um, certainly um, 
travelling and uh, time is certainly a lot less of a barrier for us here. Uh, but not only that, but we just had announced recently in the last general conference that there is another temple being built in the UK in Birmingham in England, which is about, a, about an hour's drive away, 45 minutes to an hour's drive away. Um, so, you know, we are, we're very fortunate uh, here. And I know that in many places in the world, there is a lot, uh, there is temples within fairly easy access. But then there are other places where it'll take a number of hours um, in a few places, perhaps even days to reach the temple. So um, consider how it can be a, a much better or, or a much clearer focus in our lives uh, so that we can have it. Um, uh, and if we are further from a temple, they consider how it can be scheduled in so we can go on, you know, in the times we are able to. But also consider the covenants and the promises made in the temple and how we honour those on a daily basis. Um, so the the, temp- the foundations of the temple are set in Ezra chapter 3. Uh, and in verse 11, it says, And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Um, the elder David E. Sorensen said, um, in 1998, quote, um, the church has now entered the most committed era of temple building in its history. In 1998, two temples have been dedicated, with 15 more under construction and an additional 26 temple sites being prepared for groundbreaking. These 43 temples, plus those currently operating, bring the total to 94. This is an extraordinary blessing for us members of, as members of the church. Uh, the Old Testament describes some of the joy that comes from people building these holy places. Watching these new temples being built, I believe that we too will have the occasion to praise the Lord and weep for joy. Close quote. Uh, I love that, that in 1998, which, okay, so obviously being born in the 90s myself and uh, being around eight years old when this was given. So it is, you know, 24 years ago. And 24 years is quite a long time, let's be fair. Um, it's becoming longer and longer since I was eight, let's put it that way. Uh, but 24 years passing, and at that time, there was 94 temples announced, basically, either built or announced. Um, we're now well into the mid-200s in those 24 years, which is a remarkable um, progression, considering that this church has been on the earth uh, for almost 200 years, uh, and it is something which, you know, temples have been built from the first decade or so of the church with the Kirtland Temple. Um, for many years, there was a handful of temples across the world, and now suddenly we have over over 200, I think it's about 250, just over that, temples that have been built uh, or are being built or have been announced. Uh, and I think that that is... Um, and a remarkable blessing for us. And again, as Aldous Sorensen said, we should be weeping for joy and praising the Lord for this. Uh, in verses 12 to 13, it says, But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers, who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice, and many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people, for the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. Close quote. They were so 
um, pleased, so happy. Um, they were so joyful that the temple was being built that from lands afar they could hear the sheer joy uh, that was um, that was taking place there. Now, in chapter 6 of Ezra, we have a new king um, uh, after Cyrus that is Darius. Now, I believe this is not the Darius which um, was part of capturing Babylon uh, and will meet in the story of uh, Daniel. Uh, I could be wrong there. Uh, I'm not a biblical scholar, but from my research, I believe it is a different Darius. Um, but going back to the principle of the Lord working through other individuals, even those that are not, you know, uh, members of his church or who have the gift of the Holy Ghost, um, this King Darius renews the decree of Cyrus uh, in verse 3, talking about how um, how the temple uh, needed to be built and giving the the, the dimensions of it. Uh, and then reinforcing that in verse 12, I, Darius, have made a decree, let it be done with speed. So not only uh, is he willing the, the Jews to go back and rebuild their temple, as has been asked, but also he's telling them to do it quickly. He wants them to get this done. Uh, it's important. Uh, and so they continue with this building. Uh, and in verse 16, it says, And the children of Israel, the priests and the Levites, and the rest of the children of the captivity, kept the dedication of this house of God with joy. So they went, they dedicated it, and there was great joy and rejoicing uh, in this occasion. Many sacrifices were made, uh, and, you know, temple worship could begin once again. And again, you know, thinking about this, we, of course, in our day, um, have had a period of where we could not um, go to the temple and make our sacrifices for, uh, in temple worship. Of course, our sacrifices are not today of animals and, and blood, but rather they are of time and um, time, energy and our, well, it's mainly our time, <laughs> to be honest, but also um, the things in our lives which we do to make sure we can go to the temple, to make sure we are worthy um, and that we can enter that house and have the experience. Um, you know, I think that going to the temple... I mean, obviously, there are some things that we must be making sure we are doing or not doing uh, to be able to enter the temple. But even going to the temple when we have that recommend, you know, it, the recommend is not a, a access all areas card. It isn't something which once we have for two years, we can just go in whenever we want. We have to make sure we're living those things regularly. And that even if, you know, it's not related to those things, um, that we are living our lives in a way that the Lord is pleased with us. Uh, and if perhaps we are not, then we need to perhaps wait, correct that in our lives, then go to the temple once we are prepared. Because if we do go when we're not living in that way, then we won't have the experience we need and desire and 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 we will not be given what great blessings we could. Um, so for us today, rather than these uh, sacrifices of uh, animals and blood, which they did once they could finally reattend, uh, it is our time and the, our choices in life which we are you know, um, giving to the Lord, making holy, which is what, of course, sacrificing, the word sacrifice means. Um, but of course, as I was taught, mentioning, we, we had a period of time where we couldn't go to the temple. It wasn't um, the, the decades that the children of Israel uh, went through. Um, but, you know, for a good couple of years, at least, let's say, we could not attend the temple as, as, in, as, in the, as much 
or is in the way that we wanted with the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, and I have spoken to individuals and I know that that was really felt by a number of people. The, uh, the lack of being able to go to the temple was a huge thing um, for, for, for many of us. Uh, and it should have been. <laughs> you know, if we, if we went through the pandemic and we didn't notice or we didn't appreciate the lack of the the lack of temple worship we could do, then perhaps there was something not quite right with our temple worship before, or the regularity or the the dedication of it. Um, having been back to the temple a few times now since, um, and to be honest, it's probably not enough. Um, it's um, something which I want to work on, but having been back since it has been reopened uh, for regular worship, um, it's just brilliant to feel that spirit and to be to be able to be part of that um, environment once again to really feel of the spirit and, and receive guidance about things in life which have been testing uh, during this time. Uh, and so the temple is should be a central place for us once again uh, now that we can uh, re-enter it. To finish this uh, focus on the temple, uh, because what we'll do um, over the last few days. Um, and the end of this episode is turned towards how the works can sometimes be thwarted or the adversary attempts the work to be thwarted. But in verse 22, to conclude this focus on the temple in verse in chapter 6, it says um, and that the Israelites kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with joy, for the Lord had made them joyful and turned the hearts of the king of Assyria unto them to strengthen their hands in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. So just an, again a reminder about how you know this was done because the Lord turned the heart of um, you know other kings in the world to allow them to return and rebuild the temple. The feelings of the temple can be our feelings on the temple can be full of joy, um, but in order to do that, we need to have it as a central part of our lives. So I like how um, the Come Following Manual introduces the next section, and this is you know one of the major things we learn from Ezra and in particular Nehemiah uh, is that the work of God um, sees opposition and you know that if you are having difficulties in your life if you are having great temptations if you are having great adversity or trials if you are having many things trying to stop you from doing something that is good you can probably be rest assured that it is an incredible thing that you are doing or that you are about to do incredible things perhaps but you know, the adversary does not want those incredible things to happen. Remember when, when Joseph Smith entered the grove of trees and knelt and prayed to restore the church to the earth for this final dispensation um, before the Saviour comes again. Um, Satan himself had his influence over Joseph to stop him from uttering those words in prayer. Um, and in this case, um, in Ezra and Nehemiah, there are adversaries. And what is interesting is I've always um, presumed or thought um, that this difficulty or adversarial um, presence was from external sources, perhaps, you know, local kings in the area who were not of the tribe of Judah, seeing the Jerusalem being rebuilt and thinking, oh, no, we don't want these guys back. But actually, it's a lot more complex than that. And actually, it isn't external sources, but rather internal uh, so we'll talk about that. We might not get onto that with the Nehemiah bit today, but we'll talk about the Ezra part today. Um, in this case with Ezra, it was um, the adversaries of Judah. Uh, so 
I'll just read the come follow me section on this because I, I like how it introduces it. It says, quote, the Lord's work rarely goes unopposed. And this was certainly true of the efforts led by Zerubbabel and Nehemiah. In both cases, the adversaries of Judah were Samaritans, descendants of Israelites who had mixed with Gentiles. Reading about their opposition to building the temple might lead you to ponder the opposition God's work faces today and how you might respond when opposition comes. So let's focus on the Ezra part today. We might not get to the end of it um, today, um, but we certainly will by tomorrow and maybe and, and get onto the Nehemiah section as well. Um, so in both these cases, we're going to see a um, deceptive um, approach, which again, very much mirrors the adversary and his approach in our lives being very deceptive, being very, perhaps at the beginning, you know, um, not too obvious or too hard or perhaps something which is, oh, well, this is okay. This isn't a problem. Um, you know, it's not doing any great thing that's wrong. But then, you know, over time, that building and building uh, till the point where there is issues in place. Um, in verses one and two, of Ezra chapter four, it says, now, when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity built the temple unto the Lord God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel and said to the chief and the, to the chief of the fathers and said unto them, Let us build with you, for we for we seek your God as ye do, and we do sacrifice unto him since the days of Esau Haddon, king of Assur, which brought us up hither. So they are coming to the the people of um, Judah and saying, Look, we we worship your God. Uh, we want to help you. Let us help. Um, but Zerubbabel um, responds with the chief of the fathers in verse 3 and says, Ye have nothing to do with us to build an house unto our God, but we ourselves together will build unto the Lord God of Israel, as King Cyrus and the king of Persia have commanded us. And then in verse 4, Then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building uh, and hired counsellors against them to frustrate their purpose. So we don't know the exact details. It's not very clear or specific on what is done um, to the children, to the people of Judah um, that slows them down or stops them from, from building uh, the, the temple. Um, but what is interesting is that, like I said, at the beginning, it was they were doing it to try or they did it in a way uh, to try and... Um, stop the people because they wanted to go and help and perhaps get closer to the work and um, clearly um, Zerubbabel and the, the leaders of the tribe the people of Judah recognized what was going on and just wanted to avoid that because they could see they were going to try and thwart the work this doesn't mean that in our lives today that you know when people want to come help us with good work that needs to be done whether it be uh, service work in the community or, or something like that that we shouldn't trust anyone else because, um, of course, there are many wonderful people in this world that would want to help build the kingdom. And actually, there are many people in the world who perhaps aren't even members of the church, but, you know, do things for the church or in the church to help build it. I've seen in our area, you know, there's been many people who, over time, who have come and gone and some who st have st stuck around, actually, who aren't members of the church, but who've done amazing things to help, um, you know, with various activities or various um, events that have happened at the church. Uh, and, you know, these are incredible people. But this is this group of people are different in the sense that their intentions, their motives were to bring down and to stop the work. 
So we'll look at how successful they were and then we'll, uh, tomorrow, and then we'll go on to the account of Nehemiah and uh, the, the famous um, response that he gives to those that come and ask him to come down from the walls of the city. Thank you so much for joining us today, and until we meet again.